types of audio shows Spreaker enables. Keep your audience engaged with mobile apps. And why and how to use podcasting in your content marketing strategy. Well, this is the Speaker Live Show for episode 90 for November 16th, 2016. Thank you for listening to the show. My name is Rob Greenlee. I'm the head of content at Spreaker and run the Adore FM podcasting network. Uh, thanks for downloading us and clicking play and listening to the show this week. We do this show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And so you can get us in lots of places online, uh, as is common with a podcast. You can get us uh, in even our own apps. So the Speaker Live Show has a, an app on iOS and Android, so you can get that anytime and have us in your pocket ready to go with a, you know, a new episode. So this week, our topic, like I said at the top of the show, types of audio shows Spreaker enables. So we're going to cover what the Spreaker platform enables you to produce um, and what type of shows that those can be. There, there's a lot of choices and options in, uh, in podcasts, and we're going to jump right into that here. And then our tip of the week, uh, actually, we have two tips of the week th this week, um, keeping your audience engaged with a mobile app, just like the, this show has its own app on iOS and Android. And then um, also we're going to talk about um, the next topic is why and how to use podcasting in your content marketing strategy. So there's lots of uh, ways that you can go about using podcasting to help a, a much broader marketing strategy for your company or um, just if you have a product or service. With me on the show again is Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience Show on Spreaker. Welcome again, Alex. Hey, Rob. How you doing today? Thanks for jumping on the, the Skype line again. It sounds like we, we've got a great Skype connection this time. So, Oh, good. Good. That's I, nice to hear. It's like you're sitting right next to me. So good. I, so, you know, Skype sometimes is great, so other times not so much, but I'm, I'm glad it's working. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, the video, not having yeah. the video on has, helps, I think. Oh, it definitely, definitely helps yeah. a lot. And like, like you say, I mean, there's a lot of people that complain about Skype. But uh, every week we seem to be able to produce a pretty good episode. So it's almost like you're sitting right next to me here, which is really what you wanna wanna do. Um, and I'm using the the Speaker Studio for desktop software to enable that, um, connecting right through that. We're using the the tools. We're, as they say, eating our dog food. <laughs> <laughs> So have heard you heard that, that term before? Have you no, heard that I term haven't. before? That's the first time. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Yeah, so we're yeah, so um that's a fairly common term in the software business. You know, I used to work oh, okay. for a little company in Redmond, Washington called Microsoft. And that's what we all had to do with all all of our products is we had to eat our own dog food, which means that we <laughs> created our dog food and we had to eat it too. So which means we actually had to use our our uh, our software and our tools. So we could, you know, learn how to make them better. And you definitely to, do that, Rob. Yeah. You are a Spreaker Studio aficionado. I don't actually use all the features of the Spreaker Studio software, but I, I would say most of them. I've, I've dived in and, um, you know, adjusted a, a lot of things and, and used the playlist features and the tracks and the effects and the chat, which are the, the main thing. I don't 
typically use the auto ducking feature in the software, but it's uh, it's because I don't need to. I have my own fade in and fade out that I I, I do with the show that I've created as um, WAV files that are are added to the production of the show. So I don't have to use the auto ducking capability. But but if you don't want to make a you know, fading in and fading down of your intro music or anything like that, you can certainly use the auto-ducking feature and it will take care of it for you. So you don't even have to break out the old audio editor if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it makes it easier, especially if you're doing uh, DJing music. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's dive into it right away. I know we, we did a little preamble there, but uh, let's talk about the types of audio shows that you can produce on Spreaker. Um, and there are kind of the the ones that most commonly come to mind. But I think what's different about Spreaker compared to other podcast hosting platforms is the ability to do live. And um, a live online linear radio-like show is possible using the Spreaker Studio apps. And um, that is quite different than other podcast hosting platforms that mainly just focused on, you know, the pre-recorded upload MP3 file type of type of platform and i think it's a powerful combination because a lot of people like to produce live stuff i don't know alex what do you think of that i know you're a big fan of the platform but yeah yeah i i like i like to listen live when i can i think it's a lot better even some of the radio shows that i listen to i'd much rather listen live um because sometimes you know if you hear it on a podcast what they're talking about isn't even relevant anymore even if it's the next day the story's already been updated the story's kind of wrapped up so, and especially when that involves current affair, you know, current news. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, like KFI here, for example, they do have a pretty good podcast, but I'd much rather listen live. Spreaker is really the only option that I. There's a well, there's one or two others, but Spreaker yeah. kind of built the, you know, broadcasting live instead of podcasting uh, mantra. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. the that was the whole thing that drew me to Spreaker was that you could do it live. And I liked listening to some of the other broadcasters were live. So, yeah, it's as radio-ish as you can get, right? Everyone always likes to say I'm an internet radio host or instead of a podcaster. A lot of people don't yeah. like to use the word podcaster for whatever reason. You and I are still yeah. baffled by that. But uh, yeah. the internet radio broadcasters, as they like to be called, could say, yes, I am more like radio because I broadcast live. It's not yeah. free work. So. But it also has the, the the other side of the equation, too, which is the – the pre-recorded on-demand side too, and the, that live goes right into being an on-demand um, piece of content. So, and that's which, what most radio stations yeah. are doing too, right? Because they want to monetize that that a second time, or at least get that traffic to the website or their download. So they'll. I mean, I can't think of a radio show now that doesn't have a podcast on the back end of it. I, I can't. Yeah. All the all the big ones do now. Yeah, and it, the the tools make it really easy to do that. Um, and that's the big thing that was attractive to me about you know, even working with the company and working for the company is that capability to do that kind of kind of production. And then also, what one of the thing too that you you can do is you can pre-record a show, um, do a bunch of the editing on it, and you can release it as a live show. So you can just drop it into one of you know like your your tracks area of the Spreaker Studio app um just go ahead and make an mp3 and then just drag and drop it into the tracks area and create a live event uh, at a certain time and day and you can just do that on a regular basis and um just when that time comes you just activate the the software on the the live stream 
and just click play on the the tracks and it will actually just play that pre-recorded episode as a live show one advantage of being able to do that is that you know as a maybe a one person production or maybe you have a co-host or something like that as well but you can engage in social media and in your comments um, you, you can actually have an interactive experience you can really kind of it's a little bit of a a fake out a little bit because you're giving the impression that you're live but you may not really be live but you're you can still be there and have a conversation with your audience um, via chat or via on Twitter uh, while the, the the live show is going on so there is some power to to doing that Alex what's your thought on that that approach I mean people will think that yeah. you're live but I mean is that a problem do you think uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, are you, in other words, like, are you being dishonest? I don't think people care because think about it. Most shows, for example, let's say like a late night television show, they know it's not live, right? Unless it's Saturday night live. Okay. But other yeah. than that, you know, they, well. they, they kind of, they kind of assume that, well, some, maybe some people don't, but those shows are all filmed during the day. It's light hours. It's the afternoon, right? Yeah. I've, been a stu- I've been in a studio audience and it, it has the impression Jimmy Kimmel, uh, well, is his show live? Maybe his show is live. I know there's no, one it's two. not. No, I've, I've been to the green room of the Jimmy Kimmel show before and, and it's pre-recorded at, I had to get it to the like studio at uh, like, right? yeah. no, no, at, at like five, like four thirty. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, it's definitely yeah. way, you know, it's not like definitely not live Saturday night live. I think might be that only exception. Um, and then again, you have, unless it's, I guess you're on the East Coast, right? I mean, on the West Coast, you're not going to see it <laughs> yeah. at the right time. But what I'm getting at, I don't think most people care. Um, but if you're doing something there, here's the only problem where you can get in kind of an issue. Um, let's say you're doing a show that's current events, news, a, a live radio show where you're talking about things in a timely manner and something major happens and it looks like you're quote unquote live and you're not talking about it. I think people would be like, wait, why is he not addressing this? You know? So I, I, I don't know. I, 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 there are some caveats, but I don't, not many. I mean, I don't think most people would care. Well, I think a one, one that comes to mind for me is just the comment stream. So let's say um, a listener poses a question right in the comments while you're, while you're live streaming um, and maybe there, there might be an expectation that the, the host might actually address that question. Oh, right. Well, that's a, that's a problem too, right? They feel like they're being ignored. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That could be a problem. Or that would be unless, the only other one that I could think of. Right. Yeah. And, but unless you're, unless you're manning it and taking care of the social media <laughs> as it's playing, you know, you're there well, watch you know, wait, waiting well, for that type of thing. Well, so. you, I mean, like I said, as part of this is, I mean, you can certainly engage with that audience member um, in the comment thread. Um, it may not but, be in the live audio show. Right, but you won't be able to will address be it directly. In the, yeah. yeah, exactly. But it will be in the comment thread um, in relation to that episode. And also, if you're keeping an eye on Twitter or something like that, you can pipe in there and that listener will think wow he's able to do the show and type at the same time <laughs> yeah and i didn't hear i didn't even hear the keyboard in the background <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly so and then uh the other one is p- just doing it like a regular podcast pre-recording the show uh, doing post-production editing and just uploading it um as an mp3 file 
uh, actually Spreaker does support AUG files and I think WAV files too, so you can upload those. But we will encode those or re-encode those for you as an MP3 file. So is that? I'm sure that's probably K. the majority. Sorry. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I would think most people pre-record. Yeah. On Spreaker, it is a little different, though. I mean, there's a lot of shows that are just like live linear streams um, that that people do. You know, if you look at like Ellipson or Blueberry or some of the other hosting platforms that are out there, um, all those shows are just pre-recorded, uploaded. Um, there's not like a big chunk of um, users that are part of their platform that are doing live because they can, mm-hmm. right? right? So. Right. So that's the thing. I mean, there's also a lot of uh, shows on Spreaker that uh, that actually don't even podcast. They'll pre-record a show, they'll upload it, and it's only available off of their Spreaker account, and they they never even enable the podcast feed, or they you mean you never. You can only catch it live. That's it. You yeah, just well, can't do well, it on demand. No, no, it, it can also be on demand. It's just only on demand off of the Spreaker platform or in the. Oh, okay the embedded web player they never submitted that that podcast feed you know the rss feed to itunes or stitcher right. or any of the other syndication kind of approaches to this the, the show just lives either on their website or in an app um but they never got it out beyond that if you know what i'm saying so i wonder how i wonder how many i mean do you think they do well uh, you would yeah, think they I mean, want I've, to get it out there okay i've seen shows that have done very well just on the the plays off of Spreaker. If they've got a big social following and they they share it um, directly to their Twitter feed or their Facebook feed or uh, or they have a, a a website that has good traffic to it, um, I've seen shows that have hundreds of thousands of plays that have like wow, okay. one one or two downloads. That, yeah, but Rob, I gotta. I'm sorry, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt. But I yeah. Got a I mean, that's all. I mean, I think it's, it, you know, I think that there's a show that could be produced for lots of different um, people that like to do different things. And I, I've i seen it on, I mean, I thought of it coming in as a podcaster into Spreaker that, yeah, everybody was going to be getting their shows into iTunes and Stitcher and all these other platforms, you know, Google Play Music and stuff. But there's a huge amount of shows that have like very low downloads, but they have really high plays. Um, which, yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also seen people who, I mean, they've got tons of followers. I've, I've said this before. Um, you know, I didn't understand how some people had like, you know, not very many shows, but had had so many followers, you know, and they weren't maybe very consistent, but they yeah. had, you know, thousands and thousands of followers and even people who haven't done many shows. Like, how did this happen? Um, but I've seen people who have extremely high uh, Spreaker numbers, and sometimes I wonder, is that because they haven't diluted it? You know what I mean? Pushing it out to other places. Like they had to go to Spreaker to listen to it. I know Spreaker will put, pick up the numbers on um, uh, the various places that it outloads. You know, So it goes to iHeartRadio, uh, YouTube. It'll yep. collect those numbers. But if they're yep. uploading it, let's say, to like a um, – uh, I was going to say SoundCloud, but that even that's part of it. Let's say MixCloud, right? Or yeah. another one of the other hosting parts. It doesn't really matter, right? And the, the RSS isn't hooked up. You wouldn't be able to see those numbers. So and I don't know. It, it just shows that there's a big user base on Spreaker, right? Because if you can just stay on Spreaker and get thousands of listens, it, it's kind of a big deal. That's why sites like YouTube are important, I think, too, to 
send it out to if you can, because that has a huge user base. Yeah, and so. I think that a lot of a lot of the the folks in the podcast community think that you know if you're doing an audio show, you got to put it out as a podcast to, to to be successful. Right. And my my comment back to that is it, <clears throat> that may be true for certain shows. Um, but I would say if you've put all your energy into driving people to your, to a web player, um, to, to your own app, to your, your speaker page, um, you can pick up a significant audience there depending on the type of show. I think also it's a, it's a content issue too. I think certain genres of content get more click play type of, um, listens than, Download. Downloads, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. What, what do you think? I'm just curious. What do you think gets more plays? What 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 type of shows you, you're yeah. asking? Yeah, what do, yeah, what do you think? I don't know. I think um, music related shows typically do better just in the play side. That's uh, what I was thinking because I yeah, think exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think shows that are related to kind of like Hollywood and the entertainment side of things. I think news and politics okay. typically, I think, do do a little bit better on just the, the, the on-demand side. Um, the whole download piece, um, I think it also gets back to how much visibility you've been able to gather and how much you're promoting um, you being in iTunes, too. I mean, if you're... You can even be in iTunes and not get any listens. Right, You know, yeah. I mean, or, or, or downloads. Um, so, because there's just so many, so much content in there. If people aren't looking for your show and you're, you know, in iTunes or you're not linking to anything related to iTunes, like, like a lot of podcasters will put a link to their their iTunes listing on their website, and they talk about it in their show every week. If you're not driving your audience to iTunes to consume your show, you're probably not going to build much of an audience in iTunes. Right. So, so, but anyway, that's, and then the other one is. Um, you know, people like we have talked about a little bit that own the rights to their own music or they have a license to play music in their podcasts. Um, the, the speaker studio apps enable you to play a, a track list or a playlist um, of episodes and have those play as, as a linear live stream. So you, you could conceivably, through our top-end plan, um, be able to create a, like an online radio station. Which is also something like Low Power FM could do if they wanted to. They could create a live radio station. Essentially, is what you're what what you're doing. Well, I think it's great for LPFMs because uh, the radio station um, package, right? The the top tier package for Spreaker um, allows you all the bells and whistles, unlimited, free. Right, Rob? It never like as long as the equipment's fine. Your equipment's fine. It'll never the stream will never go down. So yep. for yeah, a radio station, it's great, right? But but it also has – because I'm telling you, that would be such a pain in the butt, Rob, to have to go through – if you don't have a system already automated like this, because you're going to have people coming into the studio, right? This is what we're going to have to deal with. Uh, different time – you know, they'll have segments, but you know, somebody comes in, somebody goes out. You've got to get that show. If you're going to have a constant podcast uh, archive, you're going to have to have someone edit that, right, and, and make sure that's in the in the proper – uh, show holder and all that. However, you're going to have to, you know, figure all that out. But what Spreaker will make it easy, right? 
it can just it's going to archive everything anyway. You're not going to have to. I mean, you may have to go in there and splice it up if you want to divide it into shows. I'm thinking, right? If it's one constant yeah. stream. Yep. Um, well, but, well, I mean, what you can do is, um, and a lot of these radio stations aren't going to want to stream live on Spreaker. Um, all of the content that they have, maybe they, they only stream live the, the talk shows that they have. Um, so that may be a couple of hours a day or something like that. And you just turn the live stream on and off. So, and then capture that, that show. And then that gets dropped into your podcast feed and then you reinitiate the, the live stream. So you kind of have like a schedule, right? Of when you're, when you're streaming live and when you're not. With that, send the archive to a different show? In other words, like, do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, so well, it would automatically... Okay. Yeah, there's two different ways that you can do it. You can just create a 24-7 live stream and just stream everything, but you're not going to capture those episodes as an on-demand um, because the 24-7 live streaming capability doesn't, uh, doesn't enable um, capturing of a 24-hour stream. Um, so if you want to capture it as a podcast, you, you have to turn it off and on. Um, I see. So, and, uh, so in other words, I got you. So, uh, but what I'm getting at, so let's say you do the off and on thing, which obviously sounds like the better option if you want to op- just have the stream captured, right? So you don't yep. have to go in there and get it some other way. By turning it off and on, I guess here's what I'm trying to get at. If, if we had the XM Experience show, and then right after that, the Rob Greenlee show goes on, the Spreaker Live show goes on, if we stop it, can we, w- would we stop it? I guess it would, because when you start recording, you have to select the show you're recording under, right? Yep, So exactly. it would place it in the proper show. So that's Correct. all you would have to worry about yeah. stopping and starting. The only thing I'm thinking is if somebody's listening, and they're now listening to uh, my show, and they're waiting for your show to come on, the stream will stop, and I, I'm assuming they would. Would they have to press play again because it'll stop from being live, and then they'd have to. If you're going to start streaming I'm off, way too tactical. no, no. I mean, Sorry. if you're going to start streaming off of a different uh, show, a, a different show, yeah, it's going to change. There'll be a pause, and they'll say, "Oh, wait, the show stopped," and they'll have to refresh or whatever. It's not that well, big of a deal. I'm just thinking. Well, they may need to listen to on a different uh, player, actually. So you have them segregated by shows, right? Thinking if you have, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm thinking if you have a website with an embed player playing the latest episode, you know what I'm saying? So if it's a live stream, it'll go to the, whatever the latest is now. So I think you'd have to use the, the, the embed player from your user account. Not from your show account, so, okay. and right. that would. Yeah, and I'm getting in the weeds here with you. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just, I'm I mean, trying to think it out. Yeah, th- that's what this show's all about—is getting in the weeds yeah. on this stuff. <laughs> you know, I think what you can do is get the embed player for your user account. So, let's say you have a bunch of um, shows that you have under your low power FM station. So, let's say you have five different talk shows, right? If you really think about live streaming, a, a lot of live streams have like. Uh, like a certain amount of time before the, the, the event actually happens. It would be a couple minutes before when you play like, you know, coming up in five minutes or coming up in three minutes is the live event. Getting users connected to the live stream before the live stream actually happens. Because right now the, the architecture of the platform is designed to you start streaming live with your show and then the, the email then goes out to all your listeners, right. potential yep, listeners, right? Yeah. And so you're already, you know, five, ten minutes 
15 minutes into the show before your audience starts to join you. So being able to pre-promote a live stream and then to get those listeners to connect to the live stream before the show actually starts is, I think, a difference that that the platform doesn't have right now. Um, I see. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. Yeah, so you can you can get those live listeners listening from the very beginning because you may these notifications that are going out to support your live stream are are being initiated at the time you start live streaming, and there's there's a lag time when people when you can promote that. Um, well, right, and plus yeah. you know people aren't constantly um, uh, checking their email, right? So yeah, I mean, I've, exactly. I've I've had that happen where I'm like, oh, they're brought you know I go there and they're halfway into it, um, but it does do the um, uh, what you call it, like Twitter notification, right? But you It'll, can't it, actually send that Twitter notification until after the the live stream has been initiated, right? So, yeah. yeah, you don't have any head. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. There's right, a is little that bit, coming? You think you think that? Well, I've been I've been talking to the Spreaker team. Actually, I'm going to be flying back to to Europe uh, at the end of this month for mm-hmm. a team team retreat, and okay. we're going to. I'm going to raise this topic with the team to to talk this through to see if there's something that we can do to make this kind of live stream experience, I I think, more in tune with how listeners would connect with the content. Because I think we're – it's a great system right now, but I think from a marketing perspective, I think we're missing getting a better connection with uh, listeners with those live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I, there's better things that we can do to help them connect earlier, promote earlier, and to schedule on on, on demand live streams. Right. So, right. you know, it just because depends that's on what the one thing yeah. that makes Spreaker very unique, right, is that you can do the live because all these other ones, like with the exception of one or two, you just can't. So I think that's what if the, the more that Spreaker pushes the live portion, I think is a uh, that's a differentiator. A yeah, I mean it's a yeah. differentiator. I, there's capabilities that it's going to enable that that don't exist on these other platforms. And if we can kind of tackle this this front end issue around live streaming, I think we'll find that that audiences will connect more with these shows. And that's that's good for everybody. That's good for Spreaker and it's good for the show creators. Um, but but anyway. Let's yeah. move on and talk about our tip of the week this week, or one of the two tips of the week. And that's uh, uh, the first one here is keeping your audience engaged with a mobile app. And that kind of a little bit is a connection to what we were talking about earlier around you can build a significant audience around your show um, just using a mobile app. I, I mean, if you think about it, iTunes and the Spreaker, I mean, not Spreaker, well, Spreaker's included in this, um, but Stitcher, they're all mobile apps, right? People are listening to podcasts in mobile apps these days. So having a, a mobile app for your show um, is not, it's not a bad strategy. It's actually pretty good strategy, I think. Alex, what's your thought at this point on that? Yeah, absolutely. I don't have one for my show, but I know we have one for the Spreaker live show. I just personally haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, yeah. um, but I plan on doing it myself because I think every – I mean that's – everybody uses their phone to, to listen. At least – I shouldn't say that. Some people do I know yeah. do use desktop, um, but most people are using apps, whether it's a third-party app like um, iHeartRadio or TuneIn. 
Um, but I would rather have my own just to make it easier for people. I, I know you can get lost in some of the big ones like a TuneIn or an iHeartRadio, yeah. and I'd rather have my own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you you know that you like a certain show and you want to listen to it every week and you don't want to miss an episode, um, you I mean, obviously you can listen to it in the the iTunes podcast app uh, on iOS and. Google Play has an app for Android and and there's Stitcher and all these. Um, you can certainly use those apps, but but you might want to drive your audience. And this is speaking to the podcasters to your own app and have them connect uh, with you. They're they're going to um, have a lot of the same capability that uh, these other platforms are going to have for listening to your app. And um, hey, Rob, that, they yeah, they don't have push notifications though. I noticed. Right. Oh, these uh, like for if we went live. Well, the ones the Spreaker app. So, like, if when we when our show goes live, I don't get a notification. You know, like saying, "Hey," on my phone. Yeah, you know, like those push notifications. Yeah, I don't think it uh, goes out to your phone to drive you back to the app, and I think that's probably. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah. So for yeah, example, I have other apps like CNN or Fox, and when they, you know, a story breaks you get the push notification so i mean i yeah i mean it's a good like, let's say it's a good idea yeah like we like our show goes live it says hey you know rob's broadcasting live you know whatever yeah no i think it's a good idea to, to add that and i can certainly raise okay. that with the team and and see if that's capable i know that they're starting to look again at the um the custom apps on the speaker platform to make maybe some updates and some improvements to those because they okay. are an important part of the speaker platform. And I think if we add, you know, other capabilities to those apps, then they become more useful to the content creators and maybe they, they can start taking more control of their, their own listeners, um, you know, with their own app experience. So I, I think it can be a powerful solution, um, to getting a deeper connection with your listeners. And I think that there, there's a lot of things that can be done there. And it does support live. So you can, you can certainly drive people to listen to your show live in these custom apps as well. It's just maybe we haven't done, done the complete job of making those notification connections on that side. I think we've got, got the notifications like an email to drive people to like web players yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So we have that kind of stuff. And there's been shows that have done quite quite well um, using the speaker apps, and and a lot of them are really really happy with it. And it, it it's really easy to create a a custom app on the speaker platform too. You just fill out a form and upload some graphics and some artwork. Voila, it's basically done, and it gets auto submitted to the iOS and or uh, not music, but just the Google Play App Store. Um, so it's, it's really easy. It's $99 a year for each of the apps. Um, so it'd be a total of what, $198 to per year to have a mobile app on both of the platforms and speaker will maintain it for you. Keep it up to date, uh, with, uh, you know, regular, you know, iOS update, uh, patches to the, um, client app. So we regularly do that to keep it running smoothly on the latest version of Android and, and iOS. So so anyway, any other comments on all that, um, Alex? Uh, no, no. Just uh, I thought the push notifications might be something nice down the end of the line. Yeah, I think it would be. So I'll definitely mention that to the team. And if you have any uh, um, ideas as well, uh, if you're a user of the, the Spreaker 
custom apps. Um, we're all ears. We want to hear what you think on how they could be improved. I believe we're, we're going to add um, downloading to those apps. So that I don't believe that that's in there right now. I think it's uh, it's only click play experiences in the apps right now. Um, so I, th- I, I believe that, that that download piece is coming in the future. I'm not sure when, but uh, I think we've identified that the, the download piece is an important piece um, for that. And we've added that. Actually, that's coming to the iOS app as well uh, on Spreaker's side, on our, our, our listening apps for Spreaker. Um, so you can do that. Those are different than the, the custom apps. Uh, for each show, but let's let's move on and talk about our other tip of the week: uh, why and how to use podcasting in your marketing strategy. And I think what's this is both of these tips of the week are are basically blog posts that are currently live up on the Spreaker blog. If you go to um, blog.spreaker.com, you can actually read these full articles. And but I'm just running through briefly these these articles to kind of give you the the highlights of them. But if you want to go in there and kind of do a deep dive on all these things, that would be uh, that'd be great as well. So the the next article is why and how to use podcasting in your content marketing strategy. Um, and I think a lot of companies and people are looking at podcasting as a way to. Um, market their their business or their product or their service uh, more and more. I mean, if you go back to the early days of podcasting, um, this was one of the the main uses even in the beginning of the podcasting space. So this isn't really anything new. I think it's viewed a little bit as something that's new in the landscape today, but people have been using podcasting for content marketing for since day one. Um, it just... I believe now there's just a lot more people doing it and a lot more advertising agencies and a lot more company marketing people that are actually aware of podcasting and are willing to invest in it. Alex, any before I dive into the details here, would you say that that's true based on your experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like more and more people are getting involved in the podcasting world. Every time I see... Um, not every time, but a lot of times when I see a new podcast, um, a lot of the ones that I follow because there's certain, I'm into podcasting, obviously I'm into radio and a lot of them will be, um, businesses who are either like, kind of like, it might even be a, like a hosting provider like Spreaker, but people who are, you know, in the industry who are starting podcasts to get you back to their blog or get you back to their website or use one of their services. And I'll give you an example. We talked about them before. Wix. Um, Wix just started their own podcast, as you know. And, you know, they basically are launching that podcast to get you back to their website. So you create an account and use Wix. Um, There's another guy that I know, and this would be helpful for some uh, podcasters out there, uh, Big Fish Audio. And they do imaging and radio. You're familiar with them. And he has a a great blog. You can sign up and uh, a newsletter, rather. And he'll let you know every time he does a podcast, he'll actually even give you a sound effect or music bed in each email that you can download and use for free. So it's, it's another resource. But at any rate, he, that's another great example of using a podcast to generate business because he'll talk about how to edit audio, make zingers and stingers and music beds and things like this. And then hopefully after, you know, you check out his, uh, um, 
uh, what do you call it, the catalog of media that you can purchase, right? He has CDs and digital downloads. Hopefully you'll buy some of his stuff because you know that he knows what he's talking mm-hmm. about. He actually mm-hmm. will show you in the podcast as he's editing it and putting the pieces together. You know, it's a very, uh, very kind of tutorial type thing that he does. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot more companies are realizing the power of it. And I most, well, not all, like I said, but most of the new podcasts I see are businesses, entrepreneurs, startups trying to get the word out. Yeah, I mean, and this show is a, a perfect example of a, a podcast that's created as part of a content marketing strategy for, you know, for Spreaker. It's, it's a way for us to connect with our audience at a, at a place that is core to the operations of the company. And, and I think sharing how to use a platform like Spreaker is a is a terrific way of connecting with uh, users at a deeper level and and sharing ideas and ways to um, to use a product service or um, concept around a company too. I th- I think a good example of this is Starbucks, um, who recently did a did a podcast um, that was really kind of all about their their corporate mission and what they are doing with you know helping people around the world um, with various issues that they have it's more of a you know a community um, service customer service community support kind of a feel good marketing approach right uh, it's all about brand building and to some degree that's what your podcast is doing is that it's building a a deeper brand connection with either your users or potential users, customers, um, in creating content that is supportive of them and being reachable and accessible. That's why, you know, comments and, and feedback on this show is so important to Spreaker is that it's a, it's a pathway for communication between, um, customers and the company that, um, those customers are connected with because uh, I mean if I look at our stats um, a, a lot of the listeners to this show are coming from Spreaker platform users um, and that's exactly what we want but we also want a spattering of uh, listeners that are coming um, from outside of the platform too that could be potentially new users or new customers of the platform as well so it has kind of a dual purpose and another purpose is kind of support. So if we have an issue uh, that that comes up and people give us feedback about um, something that's broken in the platform or something that's not working, um, this is a way for people to provide that feedback. And I'm I'm open to making sure that the team knows about anything like that too. It, it, it's an important thing too. But I think th- this article, to go back to the article more, um, it it's talking about how easy it is to produce a podcast. And my feedback on that is, is that it can be easy to produce a podcast, but as Alex, I'm sure you'll attest to, it can also be complicated to produce a podcast and time consuming and, and there's a lot involved in it. So you kind of have to go into it with a certain level of respect. You can do it easy, but maybe doing it easy may not get you the, the results that you want. What's your thought on that, Alex? Yeah, I you know I maybe uh, maybe it's the terminology. Easy might not be the best word, right? Um, there, there, podcasting has its challenges, just like anything else. Um, but I think the the message there was that it's a very um, let's say effective way, especially cost effective, right? Way to get the word out about your message, your 
passion, your hobby, um, without using some other means, right, which aren't really accessible to people uh, of modest means like broadcast television or advertising and things like that. So, you know, I, I don't know. E- easy? Is it easy? I, I, I've never thought podcasting was necessarily easy. It, Like you said, it can be easy if you're going to do a show, let's say, once a month, right? Um, if you're going to do a weekly show that's engaging, that's going to get high numbers, you're going to have to put a little elbow grease into it. Um, but again, I think it's just kind of like, I don't want to get, you know, bogged down in terminology or, you know, splitting hairs. I think the intent was maybe if I'm reading it right, that, you know, it's just a little, uh, a little easier than other ways. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, well, I I mean, that's a good, good point, Alex. I think it's easier than creating videos. That's for sure. There's no makeup or there's no sets that you have to deal with. I mean, you can kind of, you know, you know, your hair can be messy and. And now, granted, there are video podcasts that are out there, but those are those are kind of rare these days. And Spreaker doesn't support video podcasts anyway. Um, but it's <clears throat> it's easier from that perspective. There, there's less kind of um, kind of concern about look and feel than, than it is about just you know verbal communications. I I think having a good microphone and a good recording environment is far. It's far more important. I mean, th- those things are not necessarily easy either, but they're certainly not as difficult as trying to get a video produced. What do you think on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I've done YouTube videos as well, and my podcasts go out as YouTube shows, but actually producing videos, I, uh, it's tough. I do some videos that I do specifically for YouTube um, that were actually almost – Basically, I took the podcast, broke it down, and just did a little separate video. And that's a little bit easier if I'm just showing screenshots because I have the audio. I'm doing a screenshot thing. That's different. But producing video with me on camera, getting the lighting right, recording it, doing it a bunch of times till yeah. I say it correctly because I get more nervous on camera than I do on just with the microphone in front of me. Sure. Um, and then you, you know, some, you know, I don't know, the, the dog or the cat jumps on you while you're doing it. You know, there's just all sorts of different things that go into it. And especially if you're a one man band. Uh, then you got to edit it, edit the video. If you're going to put a sound, it's just, it's a big, it's a big production. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. So there's a lot less steps I would say compared to video. But again, with podcasting, you have to be able to get your point across without, with less, uh, without the visuals. Right. So yeah, it's a little, it's a little tricky too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, you know, audio podcasting can, can also be a good kind of um, support for any kind of text-based content strategy that you might have too. So let's say maybe you're writing articles or news articles or you're posting a lot of um, textual-based content around your company or your product. Um, the audio piece, because certain people like to listen to audio and certain people like to, to read. I think we've talked about this on the show too. So it gives you that that kind of second element that can um, – really make you reach the the most audience. I, I And I do think, Alex, and you probably might agree with this too, video is a very powerful thing. So, I mean, if you can do audio, video, and text, you're actually hitting the three hot points out there of um, that will hopefully make you more successful in your content strategy. Yeah, and I do all three, but I do a lot less videos than I do podcasts. Yeah, and I think that's smart too because I there's – there's more opportunities for people to consume audio than there are video. <clears throat> so well, you even might, when I, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So you might, you know, realize that. And I think that's a proper balance. 
I think is creating less video and more audio, I think is a better balance. Yeah. And when I do uh, write articles, every once in a while I'll do an article on uh, Medium and not as much as engagement as uh, with my podcast for some reason. So I, I, I just put more emphasis and time into the podcast. And then if I can break off into a shorter article or a shorter video, I will. But I, I start with the podcast. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the power of your voice, being being authentic, being a real person, coming up with ideas that are helpful to people and and maybe being, you know, funny and entertaining, which which we try on occasion on this show. But I'm not sure we're always successful at being funny and entertaining. I think it's a, this is a fact-based show. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, it's it's tough when you're talking about something, you know, kind of technical. Serious right? topics, right? Yeah, yeah, it's technical. And, you know, we're, yeah. So it, it's – let me tell you so that I think sometimes uh, we do – we do uh, switch gears and make it uh, funny. I, I had a comment from a friend. They, one of the uh, guys from the station, they, they listened to the show. So they liked it. Awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I and, think we had a good balance. <laughs> yeah. Balance. Well, yeah, I think we have our moments. And <laughs> <laughs> moments is probably probably the proper term for it. Um, Every show can't be your best show, right, Rob? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it depends on what you consider to be your best show, right? It's it's It depends on what the audience is looking for out of the show, too. I mean – I don't yeah. think that, that most people listen to this show to be entertained. I think they listen to this show to pick up tips and tricks to hopefully make their their shows uh, or their, their content strategy um, uh, work. So at right. least yeah. that's what I try and bring to the table every week that I, I do this show. Uh, and then the other piece of a content strategy is you can bring on guests, experts onto your show. And that that enables you to connect with other people in your industry and your your trade, and to um, you know add value to what they're doing. That then they may re- reciprocate and add value to your company and what you're doing. So, uh, but it can be difficult uh, to schedule interviews, and I certainly have many many years of scheduling interviews and experience at doing that, and it uh, can be a pretty frustrating process. Um, so be prepared to invest some time, um, in that process and build connections in your trade and in your, your particular focus area. If you want to have guests, I think it can be great content. Um, if it's approached in a certain way, I know we've talked about, um, being a great host and being a great guest on this show before. So go back and look in our archives and, and you can, I guess, find a find a show that can help you with those issues as well. And then uh, the, the the last one here is transcribing um, your your audio show. It may be an opportunity for you to do like maybe a Q and A kind of uh, textual based post as well, if you wanted to do that based on one of the topics of your podcast. Um, but like Alex, uh, we were talking about before we started record, transcribing can be an expensive thing. Uh, so you need to have yeah. a strategy around it that works. It, it is. And for the most podcasters who aren't monetizing, it might be too much. I, a little tip I could give them. I have an app. I have a Samsung uh, 6 Edge Plus, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but on that phone, there's a simple voice recorder. I'm sure other phones have this. Probably, I'm sure the iPhone does. And it allows you to transcribe up to a certain amount. So you can actually, after you've done your podcast, what I've done is I've just take just certain shows that I think are worthy of it. I'll take my phone and actually just record the memo and it'll transcribe it for me 
and then I copy and paste it into Word or whatever and then re-edit it because it's not always perfect. You have to yeah. put in the periods and question marks, things like that. But it saves a heck of a lot of time. And it's, you know, it would be like using Dragon software or something like mm-hmm. that, a dictation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is free and I just use it on my phone. It's worked pretty well. So just a little tip if you're looking to transcribe. Yeah. I mean, I think it can be it can be a powerful thing if you use it as like a Q&A type of uh, article and and then you attach the audio show to that um, that Q&A. But a lot of people use the transcription as their is like their episode description. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily a good idea. I don't know, Alex. Wh- yeah. what, what, what do you think? I think it's too much uh, text content um, and it's too hard for a person to actually follow and read it's just so much information i mean just think about how many uh words are said in a 50 minute uh speaker live episode yeah I, i'm not a, I, i'm not i've never been a huge fan of transcription just only because i've never really read the i've never really read people say okay it's great for seo and all that i get it searching okay i haven't found that and it hasn't increased my numbers on the ones I've done it with. And I have never really heard anyone say, why don't you transcribe your shows? I went there to read it. I didn't want to hear it. I've never had that happen. So. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And if you do any kind of Q&A, just take it uh, for, as a section of your audio show um, that could have like maybe four or five back and forths in a conversation that was talking about a very specific topic and then just create a headline for that. And, um, and, and you could actually create and use the chapters function in, in the speaker platform to kind of section that out as well. And, and you could actually just section it out and create a separate episode, um, that could be, you know, maybe it's a separate feed or something or a separate show that you create on your platform or your hosting account with, you know, with speaker that just has, clips or sound bites from your episodes and then use those in combination with like a Q&A textual based article that you put out like maybe on LinkedIn or maybe you put out on your blog or your website or something like that and then kind of make sure that you embed that audio player um, from the speaker platform the embedded um, web audio player into the article as well and they can they can listen to that as well so has that both covered but uh, Alex, that I, I think that does us um, fifty-two minutes or so. Yeah, long show, good show. Yeah, well, covered covered a lot of stuff. Definitely go go check uh, the blog out at blog.spreaker.com to read all those articles and a bunch of other articles that we have up there about um, creating shows on Spreaker and just creating shows in general. And and go check out our archives uh, for this show at SpreakerLiveShow.com and. And we cover a lot of different topics. And if you're new to podcasting, um, I think that there's a show in there for you. That's for sure. So go check it out. We'll be back next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern with the Speaker Live Show. So thank you so much for joining us again and hope to have you back with us next week. 